Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 286, air date April 28, 2018. Hi, I'm Alicia Powell, and I'm here at CPAC 2018 with Shiva Ayodhara, Dr. Shiva Ayodhara, and you are running against Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren. What compelled you to run for Senate? Well, the reason I'm running for U.S. Senate is, you know, for far too long, in American politics, you've had lawyer lobbyists involved. But the history of this country, if you look at the founders of this country, they were entrepreneurs, they were scientists, they were engineers, they were blacksmiths, they were farmers. And the history of this country is everyday people should be involved in governance. And if you look at someone like me, I embody in many ways the American dream and everyday people. My journey is no different than yours. You know, I came from India as a legal immigrant, went through the educational process, and then finally uh, innovation. So immigration, education, innovation. So I think that journey is the American journey. You know, I came from India with nothing, uh, went through the public school systems where I invented the first email system as a 14-year-old kid, then went to MIT, did four degrees, started seven different companies. And, you know, now it's time for me to give something back to this country, even though I've done that in other ways. But I think it's really important everyday people be involved in uh, governance when we get rid of all these career politicians. Because they actually don't do anything except leech off the system. And they exist to make sure that they can get reelected. And I don't need to do this because, you know, right now I'm running a company called Cytosol, which is worth a couple of billion dollars. Um, We're solving diseases from cancer to Alzheimer's, which itself has a huge future. But I think... Uh, getting involved in conventional politics and contributing to that is really part of uh, adding another dimension to what I already do in many other ways. What do you think the greatest threats facing America are today and, and how would you, what do you think the, the solution to tackling them would be, especially as a senator? Yeah, I think the greatest threats to America right now are two things. You know, this country was built on two important principles, meritocracy and rule of law meritocracy and rule of law. You know, when my parents came here, they had to submit their resumes, their educational profiles. It was based on merit-based immigration. And the other part was you had to come here legally. Now, those two pieces are being unhinged in many ways because a set of career politicians like Elizabeth Warren, in fact, on both sides, believe in centralizing government. You know, big government's better, big insurance, big pharma. And what that means is you now take away meritocracy. You have all these different loopholes for people to never really address big issues. And um, I think that's the fundamental issue. So, for example, the entire immigration issue, there really should not be a debate on this. If we go back to the fundamental issue of merit-based immigration and we go back to the issue of rule of law, uh, politicians like Elizabeth Warren, they want to support illegal immigration because it's a voting block for them. So it's not like they really care for illegal immigrants, but they see them as an opportunity to be exploited for votes. And that same process goes on across many, many policies. So, for example, Elizabeth Warren um, comes out of Harvard or got a job at Harvard by lying, saying that she was an Indian, when the truth is that she's a fake Indian. You know, I sent her a DNA test kit that she returned when it was really easy to pretty much show if she's an Indian or not. But more importantly, you know, Harvard is a $40 billion hedge fund. You know, it's, it's part of Wall Street, yet she criticizes Wall Street, yet she doesn't say anything about Harvard University, which is the one that gave her $350,000, $400,000 salary. So Elizabeth Warren, these career politicians really represent the ultimate of hypocrisy, and we need people like you, me, other people work for a living serving this country. Well, speaking of illegal immigration, it seems that Democrats seem to win a lot of the issues by propagandizing the American people into believing that 
the GOP is racist or you're a sellout to your race. And, and it, it goes back to the illegal immigration issue is because that, besides the fact that they're, they want to, illegal immigration to perpetuate for, for, for votes, the reason why they'll win those votes is because they convinced that the, the foreigners and, and minorities, Hispanics and blacks, that the GOP is racist, right? That's part of it. Or they don't, that the Republicans don't care about poor people. How can that be combated? How can that propaganda be diffused? And, and do you think that current law, currently lawmakers are doing a good enough job at tackling this issue? Yeah, so I think, it's a, by the way, it's a great question. You know, racism, I think, and, and minorities and how politicians would deal with them was the larger issue you're really talking about, right? So one party, the Democratic Party, for example, uses race, right? They manipulate race. They really want to keep minorities and people of color. And, and by the way, there's a lot of poor whites in this country. You know, poor whites, poor blacks, people of color on the plantation. Their model is not really making sure these people, uh, everyday people, don't uh, get the skills that they need so they can build themselves up. Like in Massachusetts, for example, for every 17 skilled job openings, only one person is skilled, which means we don't produce enough skilled labor. Uh, we have a lot of students on predatory student loans who are living in their parents' basement. But if you look at it broadly, uh, ultimately the race issue is directly related to jobs and economy. Um, the politicians like of the Democratic Party never want to address that issue. They rather keep people just enough suffering so they could be their saviors. And that's been the essential policy. Now on the flip side, I want to make this point, the establishment Republicans, not the Republicanism that Trump is starting to represent, or what I call more independent type movements, the establishment Republicans don't want to discuss race, right? So you have the flip side of it, which the Democrats like. So, but the ultimate reality is that someone like me, here's a guy who came from India, I come from one of the lowest castes in India, we came from nothing, went through the educational process. I'm an embodiment of a person of color who's actually lived the American dream, lived the process of meritocracy. So in many ways, uh, when I expose Warren as a racist, people don't know what to do because she is a racist, right? Because she's the one who used race to get into Harvard, used affirmative action. And then when you expose her, for example, Trump called her Pocahontas. She calls him a racist. So this is sort of the flip yeah, argument. It's redundant. It's redundant. You know, this, this banter of racism, you know, and it's like, well, we're not racist. We don't really need to address that. But there is a culture war that we're fighting, and this is part of it. And I feel like it's redundant to keep asking about it. But obviously things aren't being, it's not being addressed adequately when 95% uh, of the black, uh, black Americans vote Democrat consistently for a decade. Well, but you have to understand, like in Massachusetts, there's 600,000 black Americans. Guess how many vote? 70,000. Only a small fraction of, uh, you know, minorities actually vote. And of those minorities, the Democrats are very good at doing voter drives to get them down the polls. So they know, they know how to truck people in. That's really what they do well. But the larger issue here is if you look at the situation of, like in Massachusetts, literally within the two-mile radius where Elizabeth Warren lives, guess what the average net worth of a black person is? Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Not, and, and, and no one ever characterized what a poor white person, but I'm sure it isn't that much different. And that's in Massachusetts where all the liberals claim that they're so much into helping the minority, so much into helping the poor. They essentially foster segregation. They like race war because when they have race war, they can create a voting block for themselves. And so I, I think the real way out of this is jobs, jobs and jobs, which comes from innovation and building skills. 
um, you know, my parents made it out of the ghettos of India because they went and got training, you know. I, as a kid, learned how to program computers. You have to get skills. And the ultimate way is to give people a way to get, you know, raise themselves up. It's funny because the way you get a better job is, you know, going to ed get educated at Harvard or MIT and uh, academia is filled with leftist, far radical professors. So the culture war is being fought on many fronts, including in the classroom from very young ages where they're, you know, teaching children that it's okay to be transgender or that you should be uh, comfortable with transgenderism at the age of five or six or younger and then of course every professor I had is left-leaning so once again I'm asking you how again can how can conservatives win the culture war when it's so prevalent in Hollywood and the music industry and the news media and academia and I can keep on going if I really think about it. Yeah, so if you, if, let's define conservatism. As a senator, I yeah, think yeah. that's a, a foremost job. That so let's define conservatism as a culture which believes in you. See, Elizabeth Warren thinks she knows better. In the conservative model, I know you know better. Individuals know better. It's not big government. It's dispersing things in a decentralized manner. So if we define conservatism in that landscape, the ultimate way to expose these essentially academics who are essentially part of the elite is to recognize that um, they will say one thing for someone else, but they won't do it for them for themselves. So, the, for example, Elizabeth Warren will say how she cares about poor and minorities and is against Wall Street, but she gets funded by Wall Street. Harvard University, I don't know if you know this, it's, it's a fake university. It's $2 billion go to pay their staff, but $40 billion uh, go to actually invest in Wall Street. That's how Harvard University makes money. It's a $40 billion hedge fund. So the real way to expose the elites or the quote-unquote left elites, is to expose their contradictions, how they live their lives compared to what they say how everyone else should live their lives. So Elizabeth Warren lives in a very nice five, ten million dollar teepee, but yet around the neighborhood that she lives in, you know, in Boston, and if you look at that area, it's massive segregation. So it's consistently exposing them. She talks about uh, Dodd-Frank, which really help big banks and it destroyed 1200 community banks. She talks about health care for all, but what we have in this country is one of the highest obesity rates, one of the highest diabetes rate, which was caused by Obamacare and Romney care, which got rid of small doctors. We've lost 200,000 doctors and we've created big hospitals. So that's what I know how to do. See, most career politicians, they need political consultants, but you're looking at someone who's done medicine, who's an engineer, who's a designer, who went to MIT. I actually don't need to get political consultants and I can expose these people and one-on-one -on -one can expose people like Elizabeth Warren because I've, I've trained with these guys. I've been an insider like Trump said. I know how these guys think and I know all their weak points and the biggest weak point that they have is they don't live, they don't walk the walk, right? They tell others to walk yet they live in their own little bubbles. One thing we need to realize is only a real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And the reason I say that is, not only am I a real Indian from India, but I also have Native American genes in me, but more importantly, it's real versus fake, you know? It's the notion of someone who's authentic versus someone who's inauthentic. And that goes deep down through all of these career politicians today. They, their essential goal is to get elected and then get reelected. They don't have jobs, they don't know how to fix anything, they've never invented anything. And that's what I've done. So the real goal, when we say only a real Indian can defeat the fake Indian, I think people have had enough of inauthentic people. They're actually looking for people who know how to solve problems, can actually create things. And that's what I'm about.
Are you on the ground talking to people in the communities, yeah. maybe talking to some of these leftists who keep Elizabeth Warren in power and conveying this message of conservative principles and why it's important? Well, you know, I, I go down to the tea station at 4 or 5 in the morning. We're distributing, you know, uh, business cards. I'll tell you this. In fact, last time I came to CPAC, there was another event, and there's a bunch of liberal left students who saw my CPAC thing, and they said, hey, how come you're supporting Trump? Within about 20 minutes, I was able to help them understand the contradictions of the existing left elites, the academics, and what, what Trump had done was he was essentially exposing them. And they sort of went away realizing that I was making some very, very good points. You see, the advantage I have is there is something to be said that I come from nothing, am a minority, and I'm calling Elizabeth Warren a racist. You see, so that wakes them up and says, why is this guy saying that? They can't call me a racist for saying that. Tell us, why is Elizabeth Warren a racist? Well, what is racism? You say, when I grew up in New Jersey, people would sometimes use the N-word, right? Or sometimes call you derogatory names. I don't consider that racism. I consider that ignorance. Okay, so let's put that over here. Racism is someone who uses race to exploit people, meaning to make money, like slavery, right? That's racism, right? Using people of color uh, and giving one person less salary than another. You follow what I'm saying? That's really the definition of racism. Well, Elizabeth Warren used race to get into Harvard. That's racism, right? She didn't get in there on her own merits. She, then when people expose her, she then uses racism to say, calling someone else a racist to get out of, to deflect that. And you have to also understand the entire politics of the Democratic Party is based on racism, right? And that's how they gain power. So racism is gaining power, wealth, uh, and fame and fortune by diminishing others and raising yourself up. And that's what Elizabeth Warren uh, does and that's why she's a racist and so is Hillary Clinton by the way who called black children super predators so is a lot of the Democrats you know and we expose that so exposing the hypocrisy of the elites and their racism I think is essential in educating people so they break away from the, the not so obvious establishment of people like Elizabeth Warren